Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Thoughtful people throughout the ages have always looked on the stars and the moon and even the marvels of God's creation and realized God must be there. Much careful thought has been given to this matter over the centuries, particularly the matter of worship. Some of man's most elaborate and magnificent achievements are devoted in some way to worshiping God. But in this matter... We must be clear. God has no intention of leaving the way of man's worship to his own devices. God has reserved this for himself. And our part is simply to open to him and his word for the clear understanding. Don't miss today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. We return today to the book of Exodus, and here again to be with us to add his comments is Bob Danker. Bob, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you, Matt. It's always good to be with you. Bob, in our last program, we saw that in the giving of the Ten Commandments, the Lord began to list a great number of additional items called ordinances. What was the point of these supplemental items, and particularly the first few, which we're going to look at today? I think we have seen already that what we call the Law of Moses contains a moral section, a section on morality, and a section on ceremony, such as the things related to the tabernacle, the offerings, the priests, and so forth. And these are related to the worship of God and the priestly life and service for God's people. But here we have the moral section of the Law. Well, the the decree of the Law begins with the Ten Commandments. We're all familiar that there are Ten Commandments, and these commandments, really, what they give us is the governing principle for the entire law. We have Ten Commandments, but after the Ten Commandments, we have a long section of what we would call ordinances, and these ordinances are supplementary to the Ten Commandments, and they add details to the Ten Commandments. And the verses we're going to consider in this broadcast Verses 24 through 26 in Exodus chapter 20 give us some supplementary points and details related to the first three commandments, which tell us that we should not have any God except the Lord. We should not make any images to bow down to them or worship them, and which tell us that we should deal with the holy name of our God in a proper way. We have the three commandments, but these ordinances or these statutes give supplemental points and more details to these first three commandments. Well, Bob, we're continuing today with the tremendous message that we had in our last program. Once again, we're going to look at these verses you referred to in Exodus chapter 20, verses 24 through 26. I'd like to read them. 
An altar of earth you shall make for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. And if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stones, for if you lift up your tool upon them, you have polluted them. Neither shall you go up by steps to my altar, so that your nakedness may not be uncovered on it. These are remarkable verses, Bob. Let's go to Witness Lee. We all can realize to worship God is not a light thing. The worship of God is very, very crucial between man and God. Through the human history, thoughtful people consider about the worship of God. When they look at the universe, the heavens, earth, look at all the creatures, and even look at themselves, they surely just realize that in the whole universe, there must be an almighty being, which is God. When we come to the Bible, God doesn't allow man to think out a way to worship him. God doesn't uh, give man's thought an inch of ground. God doesn't allow the fallen man to think about, to study how to worship him by the nature. And God just condemns any kind of inference. But when God brought his redeemed people, his chosen people, to his mount, God came to fellowship with them. The decree of the law was actually a kind of courting matter. Courtship. God came to court his people. God gave these five verses telling his people how to worship him. These five verses cover all the main points of the worship of God. Man's work and man's way, both of which are fully rejected by God. God says, if you are going to worship me, don't have idols with me. You build an altar with the earth, with the dirt. Well, in God's worship, God doesn't allow anything of man. Man's invention, man's trade, man's skill, man's labor, man's ability, man's wisdom, man's power. God came in to tell them, in your worship to me, just pile up the dirt and put the stones together and don't build it too high that everybody can touch it without any need of step. I don't like human work. I don't like human invention. I don't like human way. I don't like human thought. I only like what I have created. The dirt was created by me. The stones were created by me. I only like my creation. 
I don't like man's doing, man's way. You go to any group today. It is so easy for you to see something of man's work, something of man's way. It is always hard for you to see something according to God's revelation. What are there? Man's inventions, man's skills, man's trees, man's doings, man's abilities, man's plans, man's ways, man's power plus man's wisdom. A lot of cultural things. You read these few verses. In God's revelation, God leaves no room for man's work, man's way. No room. Bob, I mentioned that we touched these verses in our last program, but I'm glad we've come back to emphasize this great point. God's very particular, isn't he, about man adding anything of human design or human way to his prescribed way of worship. These verses show how particular God is when it comes to the matter of man worshiping God. We would think that God should be broad-minded, and if man wants to worship him in one way or another way, God should not care. As long as man worships him, good enough. But we see in these verses that God is limiting man in what man can do to define the way of worshiping God. Here he gives the instructions to the children of Israel that they are to make him an altar out of the earth. If you were to leave it to human ingenuity and human imagination and human thoughtfulness, no one would build an altar out of earth. It's not very pleasant to have an altar so simple out of a material that is so common. You would think that God would like to have an altar built out of gold or some valuable material. But here God instructed them to build an altar out of the earth, which is something that God created. And then he said, well, if you build it out of stones, make sure you don't work on these stones with a tool to cut them in any way. Just use the stones that I created. The altar, of course, represents the cross. So God provides man, fallen man, sinful man, the cross as the way to worship him with all the offerings and sacrifices. This is the way man has to come to God. He cannot come in his own way. He has to come in the way prescribed by God. He can't add one thing of his human concept, his human wisdom, his human labor, his human uh, skill or anything. God restricts this to the uttermost. And, of course, we can go back to Genesis, where we find the first incident of man worshiping God. And we see that Cain brought the his offering of the fruit of the field, and God rejected it because the worship that Cain brought to God was not according to God's revealed way. But Abel was accepted because he brought the animal sacrifices, and that was the way God prescribed for man to contact him. It's a serious thing uh, if we try to worship God with anything that we as human beings have manufactured. This is a very serious offense against God, and God would not accept that kind of worship. Bob, that's a good lead to our next portion with Witness Lee, because he's going to refer back to Genesis. I want to read verse 26 again. Neither shall you go up by steps to my altar, so that your nakedness 
may not be uncovered on it. Here's Witness Lee. Why God doesn't allow man's work and man's way to come into his worship? Why the fallen man is totally sin. You are good, you are bad, you are high, you are low, educated, primitive, or uneducated, whatsoever, you are nothing but sin. Me too. Why man's work would promote God's worship? Because man himself is sin. Man himself is a pollution. Don't put anything of man to God's worship. Anything of man in God's worship is an abomination. So what, dear saints? So, right away I say to you, the prerequisite of God's worship is to have an altar. The Bible shows us clearly no altar, no worship of God. You cannot worship God directly. To worship God, you must pass through the altar. The altar not only prepares a redemption for you, but it what? It terminates. The altar terminates every worshiper. Why? Because the fallen man is totally sin, pollution. When you come to God, you say, Lord, cleanse me with your precious blood and cover me with yourself. I dare not to do anything, Lord. I just come to worship you through your cross. Wash me with your redeeming blood and cover me with yourself as my righteousness. I dare not to do anything. I dare not hand anything. I dare not to bring anything. Because I, as a fallen man, am totally a pollution. I don't have a bit of assurance to propose anything This is why when the brothers came to me with some proposal, I always told them, pray, 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 pray to find out whether this is really of the Lord or not. Anything that is of us, the fallen man, is a pollution. This was the trouble Cain got. Cain's out. He did a good job. He brought his labor to God. He got condemned. Why he got condemned? Because he touched the holy fire of the holy God. He brought his work into his worship to God. God is holy. Cain, you have to realize You are totally a pollution. Anything that you work out, anything that comes out of you, that is a pollution. It is not acceptable to God, rather it is altogether abominable to God. 
Bob, this is a very meaningful realization that anything we would add or do to embellish the way of worship in God's eyes is absolutely a pollution. How does the story of Cain in Genesis relate to this revelation? Well, Matt, you know, fallen man has one basic problem. That is, he does not realize what he is. Every human being has a rather good impression about himself. He doesn't realize that he is nothing but a totality of sin. This is the condition of fallen man. Fallen man in his nature has been polluted by the sinful nature of the evil one. And man, even in his thoughts, his feelings, what every aspect of man's fallen being has been corrupted by the fall. And man doesn't realize this. He thinks he can do something in the worship of God or in the, in the realm of God's service that God will accept. This is a fundamental problem that we all need the Lord to help us. We need the Lord to enlighten us to see who and what we are. Why is it that God would not accept Cain's offering? Because it came out of Cain's fallen being, his own concept, which was polluted by the concept of the evil one. Even uh, when the evil one, Satan, was tempting Eve, he put his evil thought into her mind. And man's mind has been polluted from that point on. Even the loftiest thoughts we may have are still related to this fallen, sinful, and polluted human nature. So anything that comes out of us, even the loftiest thing, the thing that we think is the most admirable thing, and God would surely be happy with it, as long as it comes out of us, God would have to reject it because the source is wrong. The source is wrong. God cares for the source, not just for what we do. Who is doing it? And what is the source of what we are doing? This is an extremely serious matter. And to bring our own ideas and our own, even our best emotions, you know, into the worship of God, this, in God's eyes, is something that is extremely negative. Brother Lee used the term abominable. You may think this is very strong terms, right? It's too much. Maybe witnessly is too much. But if we really have light from God, we will realize that he is not too much. This is exactly right. What are we? We are just nothing but sin. We are nothing but pollution. Whatever we do in the eyes of God would never be acceptable to him. Thanks, Bob. I think that's uh, very clear. Let's go to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. The Bible is consistent, and the Bible is very, very meaningful. Nakedness in the Bible denotes the shame of the fallen man. Right after the fall, Adam and Eve, they both discovered their nakedness. Right away, they tried to make something to cover the nakedness. So what? So in the Bible, nakedness denotes the shame of the fallen man. Then in Genesis 3, God came in, God made coats of skin to cover boats of Adam and Eve. This is Christ as our righteousness. 
the coats made of skin were types of Christ as our righteousness to cover our shame. We are now under full cover. Hallelujah. Christ is our cover. And the Bible in New Testament tells us we have put on Christ. And that word put on means we have closed ourselves with Christ. Christ is considered a likened just like a, a long robe for us to put on. The principle here is this. You have to realize God's salvation in Christ is to cover you with Christ. Leaving no part of being naked. But listen, man's wisdom to plan the building up of the steps in God's worship eventually exposes man's nakedness. Man's wisdom to build up steps is to put Christ aside. If you don't exercise your wisdom to plan anything, to set up any steps, you are fully trusting in Christ. You are fully remaining under Christ as your courage. In the Lord's ministry, and helping the churches, I've learned one thing. Whenever need comes, right away, that is the best time for me to bow down. Lord, you cover me. You cover me. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to tell the brothers. I don't know. And I don't have to know. Lord, cover me. You be everything. When every situation comes up, every problem comes, we have to bow down under Christ and remain in Him to be fully covered. Eventually, no people can see any part of the shame of our fallen nature. The more wisdom we exercise, the more steps we build up, the higher, the worse, the more we would be exposed. In God's worship, God never allows his worshipers to be naked. The priest must wear the long rule down to the feet to cover every bit of their being. God cannot see anything of their being, only the covering. And that long rule, we all know, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He is our long rule. We, in God's worship, we just remain in Him. Wow, Bob, this is quite a masterpiece here that within man there's a natural, powerful tendency that would always want to expose himself. And we're so quick in our worship or service or whatever we're doing to draw attention to ourselves. But when we do that, we lose the covering. What's the proper position for any worshiper or any servant of the Lord to take 
or to stay in. Well, Matt, I feel that the words of Witness Lee are so helpful to us here. If we realize what we are, that we are really sin and pollution, and anything that comes out of us is polluted and cannot be received or accepted or approved by God, then we would desire to be always under the covering of Christ. We would always like to have Christ as a long robe that covers our entire being from head to toe. We would not want to leave any of our fallen being exposed so that we would expose the shame of our nakedness. It's To me, it's a wonderful understanding of what happened with Adam and Eve. Before they fell, before man's fall, Adam and Eve were naked. They were not covered, but they weren't ashamed. There was no shame. But once the sinful nature entered into them, they realized their nakedness, and right away they wanted to cover themselves. Of course, they used fig leaves. God came and covered them with the skins of animals, which typify Christ. God wants to cover us with Christ. He wants us to be clothed with Christ and always to keep ourselves in Christ because we realize that anything we do outside of Christ will be something done in the fallen human nature, and it will be something that is polluted and unacceptable to God. If we want to face any situation where there's a problem or even something good happens to us, what if something good happens to you? That's a real temptation to get outside of Christ and to to deal with that good thing that happened to you just in yourself, to put Christ aside instead of keeping ourselves covered with him and remaining in him. I feel like all the time we should pray, Lord, I just take you as my covering. I want to be covered. I don't want to be exposed. Any part of me, I don't want to be exposed. I just want to remain in you in dealing with any situation in my personal life and in my spiritual life. Well, Bob, a very enlightening program today. I really uh, appreciate you coming in and sharing it with me. I really appreciate this opportunity, Matt. And and I'd also like to thank you for joining us. I I hope that you've uh, received as much enlightenment on the nakedness that God doesn't want in man's worship of God as you've heard this program today. Even our wisdom is not something that's acceptable to God. He only accepts Christ. On behalf of Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you'll continue with us as we go on through the life study of Exodus. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.